Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big at the Back podcast. This is season three, episode 14. I'm joined by Matt. Matt, how are you? Not bad, thanks. Well done for getting the episode right this week. I'm very proud of you. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a good week. Lots of football on the TV, lots of drinking. Um, it just felt like the weekend went on forever because I was off on Monday as well. So it was nice to chill out on Monday. But yeah, it was a good weekend. Plenty of sport on TV all weekend. Cricket was shit, so I'm not going to discuss that. Uh, but fantasy football went well, so we can't complain too much. And that is what we are here to talk about. How was your weekend? Yeah, good. Lots of drinking, lots of football. I didn't really get up to much in all honesty. Um, just Julie was out on Saturday, so I just sat in front of the TV, ordered some beer on uh, Uber Eats. They sent the wrong beer, so I got an instant refund on it. So I got some free beer and then I just sat getting drunk in front of the TV all day, living the dream. What more could you ask for? There's like three games of football on TV, Strictly Come Dancing. It was just perfection. It was the dream. But we all cared this week very much about fantasy football because it's been a pretty damn good week. So why don't you start us off with your overall rank and talking about how your team did? Yes, so finished the week on 88 points, which pretty happy with that. Uh, no transfers as well, so I held with my team that was my wildcard team. Um, only people that didn't return were Turner, Cash and Subbao. Uh, everyone else with at least some sort of return. Dan Byrne with six. Neto just keeps churning out assists every single week, already on seven assists and a goal for the season. Um, the guy is doing wonders at the moment. And then across the rest of the pitch, Son, Madison, uh, with their good performance between the two of them last night. And then Salah, Watkins, Alvarez and Harlem with the armband. I mean, it's quite funny that of all of those players that we've mentioned there, like only two of them that actually got any return would have been worse as a worse captain than Harlan. Um, quite an interesting situation that we're in regarding captaincy now. But how did your week go? Oh, and overall rank, sorry, I'm up to um, 520k. Um, so that is like about 2 million in the last two weeks I've risen. Yeah, so if anyone is thinking that their overall rank is looking a bit shit and they're getting worried about it, you can jump one and a half, two million in the space of two game weeks. Everyone is still very, very tight at the top. So all to play for. Um, yeah, I had a really good week as well. So ended on 98 points. Uh, Harlan captaincy, but then like you, I had only three players not return, and that was Turner, Cash and Diaby. Um, everyone else, Harlan, Son, Madison, Salah, Watkins, Trippier, Van der Ven, Dallow, who was my World Cup pick. Great to see him paying off. So I'm looking pretty good right now. I'm up to just over 17,000 in the world, which is by far my highest rank for this point in the season. So very, very happy. Two transfers in the bank. I want to tear up some trees and go a bit rogue with these. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this podcast and seeing what we come up with. So what we're going to do is look through the fixture swings because so many teams have their fixtures just turn on their heads. We'll look at the best assets for all of them. We'll also address captaincy because 
I think that's a really important conversation over these next five weeks, and also whether it's worth looking at losing Haaland for some people. We'll also discuss our next big at-the-back bets that we've made over WhatsApp, and I'm pretty damn confident in. Shall we start with that? Yeah, I am slightly regretting this, but it's done now. It's it's in a contract, which is our WhatsApp conversation. Um, so you can take me to court if I try to back out of it. Uh, but yeah, basically, what it comes down to is I didn't quite realise how good the form of your selection in this bet was. I feel like he's sort of almost gone under the radar a little bit because he hasn't put out big numbers at all for most parts of this season. It's just consistently returning. But then again, the same can be said for who I'm backing in this bet. So would you like to give some more context as to exactly who we're talking about? Yeah, so the context I'll give is Matt is an idiot for all of our two listeners. Um... I am going to say, though, they're on the same points as things stand this season. With my selection not playing as many games. He's only missed one game. So I have got... And he plays for a much better team. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking at the next three game weeks. Uh, so the game weeks before the international break. And I have gone with Bakayo Saka. And I am... Um blindly optimistic as a West Ham fan and I'm going for Jared Bowen in that same period. First of all I was disgusted to learn that it is only three game weeks before the next international break because that is just fucking disgusting but uh, at the same time the fixtures they've both got good fixtures in this time um You'd, I'd argue that two sim, like the two, the first and third fixtures are basically comparable, and I'd say Arsenal have got the hard middle fixture. So Saka has Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away, and Birmingham at home, and Bowen has Everton at home, Brentford away, and Nottingham Forest at home. So I think it will be close. Yeah, and Jared Bowen could do a lot, but I'm just thinking that Sheffield United at home, they've just put in a great performance against Man U, so they're not going to do another one. <laughs> um, so I think that could be a bit of a route for Arsenal. Whereas Everton, they probably feel like they've had an injustice committed against them, wrongly, by the way, but they probably feel like they've had an injustice committed against them, so they're going to be really up for it. Brentford away, tough game, and Nottingham Forest at home. The jury's out. I mean, they did concede two goals to Luton. We'll get to that in a bit. But I don't think they're the worst team in the league right now. If it was yeah. four games, then I'd be probably backing Bowen because Burnley, I mean, Burnley and Luton are comparable at the moment. Yeah, and then and then the fifth game, if you want to get to that, it's Wolves for Arsenal and Crystal Palace. So it's like there's, there really are, but I would say they're comparable fixtures. They're both in good form, obviously. The other thing that is worth mentioning that could have an impact is European football. I will I will put this to you, that if either of them get injured this week in European fixtures and are out for a lengthy period of time, we will void the bet. I agree with that. So the stake, as usual, is going to be the first pints. Yep. Excellent. Signed, sealed and delivered. Now let's talk about FPL and the fixtures that are coming up. So, game week 10. 
this is where the fixtures turn for a lot of teams. So a lot of teams that have been having really tough fixtures over the past five weeks or so suddenly have excellent games moving forward. So among those are Brighton, Arsenal, West Ham, and surprisingly, Crystal Palace. So where do you want to start? I want to start with West Ham. Um, oh, that's well, it's worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think Villa were already included in that from before this week, weren't they? But I think let's start with the ones that we're probably less excited about, and that's Crystal Palace. So if we look at their fixtures coming up. Did you see this coming? Did you see the weekend fixture coming where Palace just got spanked? I, I was I could have seen that being a one-nil close game. I certainly didn't expect the kind of spanking they got. It was, I don't know where this came from, in all honesty. Palace aren't that bad this season defensively. No, and that was the thing that really surprised me. I mean, before this weekend, uh, they had kept the most clean sheets in the league. So that was obviously one thing to bear in mind. Newcastle have been, like, quite polarising in their results. Like, obviously, they smashed PSG at home in the Champions League. Um, but then they drew with West Ham. And they've had a couple of results where it's been a bit scrappier, but then they expand Sheffield United 8 0. So uh, you, you look at these results and you see, feel like it could come at any point, but it was surprising to me that it was against Crystal Palace. Yeah, and Newcastle, I mean, maybe we can get to them afterwards, but they've now scored, uh, I think it's the most or the second most goals in the division. Like, should we be talking about their attacking assets? No. <laughs> and you yeah. don't know where to go, do you? Um, That's the problem. Yeah, there's, there, it's too. It's not like when they had Zaha, and you're like, mm. well, the majority of the returns are going to come through him. They haven't really got that anymore. Oh, you're talking about Crystal Palace again. I just mentioned. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, and the problem we've got with them again, European football. Isaac Wilson. Who Who do you go for? It's spread around. So even like the midfielders and rotation is going to come into play even more now. Um, so you've got Gordon, you've got, um, who's the other one that scored and assisted at the weekend? My mind has gone completely blank. He ended up with us. He was top scorer this week. Murphy, Murphy, Jacob Murphy, uh, with 17 points this week. So yeah, I mean, they're so spread around. I think a lot of people are going Gordon because he's cheap, um, which probably makes the most sense for me if you're going to go in that direction, because, it's not too much of a sting if he doesn't start. I, I I just can't bring myself to do it. I just can't. Anthony Gordon, and don't get me wrong, he's looked amazing this season in the wing for Newcastle. Just there's something about him that just completely puts me off. He just looks like he just looks like an Everton player. That's what gets me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he sounds like one as well, which is really. Uh, and the whole thing with the way he left and kicked mm. up a fuss and then put out the statement saying that he gave his all and he wishes well for the club, it just felt mm. a little bit too fake, really, didn't it? So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I can't help but dislike him. <laughs> well, I think let's revert back to Crystal Palace then because their fixtures look very good. From game week 10 to game week 15, they've got Tottenham home, which is tough. But then they've got Burnley away, Everton home, Luton away, West Ham away and Bournemouth at home. So four of the games are Burnley, Everton, Luton and Bournemouth. Those are 
probably the best four fixtures you'll have all season, right? Yeah, it's definitely up there. I mean, you think that at some point in that they're going to be getting some sort of clean sheets, which is probably where you're going to look to invest in Palace. Mm. Uh, because as I said before, like it's so hard to invest in them from an attacking perspective. Um, so I know Anderson is still somehow the second highest scoring defender when it feels like he hasn't really done much, but they just accumulate points. But like I said, the most clean sheets in the league um, still join the most clean sheets in the league. So that is an impressive record. You can't take it away from them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I want to see the Tottenham game, but after that, I will be looking at potentially going in on their defence, maybe swapping out the Spurs defender that I have, RIP Van de Ven, but not yet. Um, the other teams then to talk about, and I, I want to discuss Brighton because they're such an interesting team. That 2-1 loss to Man City, when it went 2-0 down, I was thinking, oh boy, they're in trouble here. This is going to look like a bit of a rout. But then Deserby changed it. They shut up shop. They got a goal back. They could have won it towards the end. I think Mitoma has looked really good in every game. And I'm pretty certain I'm going to be bringing him in for game week 11, providing there's no injuries in between. Um, but their run is Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest. Fulham's probably a tougher game than people give it credit for, but the rest, very, very good. Yeah, Fulham is, uh, I think the fact that they're at home obviously benefits them quite a bit. Fulham, again, are a bit of a weird one at the moment. I can't quite figure them out. But other than that, the run is very tempting. Um, they are, they're not, probably not quite the Brighton that they were at the back end of last season. But I'm still impressed with them. And like you say, the way they came back, back into that game against City, they really, they were in the ascendancy. And if that game went on for another five minutes, I wouldn't have put them past, put it past them to get an equaliser. Um, Mitoma, like you say, looked very good. Um, a lot of their good stuff comes through him. Why? He's probably the one person that you've got to target because there's yeah. so much rotation amongst everyone else with Fatty, with Ferguson, with Welbeck, with Pedro. You just can't really bank on it and give them to get a really good amount of minutes. I just don't understand their attack. I think that, that's what's holding me back from going further than Matoma. So I think Matoma, I loved having him at the start of the season. I can't wait to get him back in. He's looked great in every game. But like, why isn't Ferguson starting more? Why isn't Jao Pedro starting with Ferguson? Because they both look really good when they play. Why have they brought into Fatty? Is he good? <laughs> there's so many, like, there's so many question marks that I just can't figure out with Bryson. So I think if you go there, you've got to be looking at Matoma. Everyone else feels like a risk, especially without a stupid young. Yeah, that is the one thing, isn't it? I know a lot of people would have had a stupid young for this run. I mean, I've currently still got Tarek Lamptey, who I brought in on the wild card at 3.9. Um, he's currently red flagged with an unknown return date, but from what I've read, it looks as though he is in contention for their game against Ajax on Thursday. So hopefully if he comes back in as a, a defensive asset for this run, uh, I can bank on him, but I'm not, I'm, I'm just trying to convince myself here. Aren't I? <laughs> I don't think Brighton defensive assets are going to be, even though they've had tough games, they've still conceded in every match so far this season. Yeah. True. Well, hopefully he can take up that Estupinion role and get some attacking returns. Mm. Um, another team then, I think we've got to talk, touch on Aston Villa, just because, yeah. and we can talk about West Ham then as well. Um, Shall we start with 
the goal that was definitely not Bowen's goal. That's 100% going out until it gets a deflection. That's an own goal all day, every day. That was a huge slice of jam for those Jared Bowen owners. Um, but Aston Villa dismantling West Ham, their home form is immense. And you can't really look much further than Ollie Watkins in this team right now. No, definitely not. Especially at home, like you say. Um, they've won 11 home league games in a row. They're just scoring goals for fun at the moment, which is quite unemory like um, if you think about the way he was when he, he last got in the Premier League and the way he was for a lot of his time at Sevilla. He was very much a pragmatic manager. Um, so this is sort of a new side of him. And Watkins' returns at the moment are just insane. But then... Douglas Louise has scored in six consecutive home Premier League games. I know. Like, where has that come from? And he's on penalties now as well. Um, worth noting, he is also on four yellow cards. So if you're looking at bringing in Douglas Louise, just be aware that there's a, probably a suspension coming in the next few game weeks. Yeah, and that is the only sort of... I was, I've been looking at him and like, do I bring him in? But it's... Like especially for this run where they have got um, two very tasty looking home fixtures coming up in Luton and Fulham. Um, but then again, like there's no bad home fixtures for Aston Villa at the moment. They are just, and he seems to have transformed his game from less of a holding midfielder, more of a box to box. You saw it happen in that West Ham game yesterday where quite often Watkins would peel out wide left and they'd have, say, Diaby going wide right, which would leave that space where they were occupying for those late runners, which Douglas Louise um took perfect advantage of for his first goal um on sunday so they're obviously got a very good tactical plan the one thing i will say about villa and west ham didn't really have the ability to to sort of counter this is their high defensive line like we have michael antonio who hasn't really got yeah. the legs to get in behind but say they play someone with a, a pacey winger or like pacey forwards that can hang on that last man um, they can be exposed in behind, and that's not going to happen with Luton because they've got Carlton Morris. So I think I think they're going to be all right this weekend. But you could even say for like Nottingham Forest, if if uh, Aronewi was back, or uh, if only they still have Brennan Johnson, uh, then he would be doing that job for them. Uh, so if they do face anyone like that, and when they play Spurs in a few weeks, like you've got to imagine Son will love that space in behind. Yeah, you've got to think so. That's the kind of game Son will thrive in. Um... Well, I was even before I say Hudson Adore, but he's out till December now, out of, just out of nowhere. Um, but on Aston Villa, I um, this week is very much a last chance for Musa Diaby for me. I've had him for five weeks now. He's blanked for three of them, and in the two he's returned, and it's been one. It's been a five pointer and an eight pointer. So not set the world alight by any means. Now he's been unlucky in a couple of games, but. If he's not going to get big returns against Luton, he's 100% out. He's probably out anyway, um, just for, because I want Mitoma. Um, and I think Mitoma against Everton versus Diaby against Forest, I'll take Mitoma all day, every day. Um, yeah. But I think for, it's a bit of a last chance for him, especially as I'm shriveled up on Villa. And that it does feel like I'm a little bit too exposed right now because I've also got cash. Yeah, I've got cash as well. I think most of anyone that's wild carded has probably got cash and a lot of people that haven't have probably got cash as well so 
I think most people now are Cash Watkins and potentially another Pal Torres, maybe, maybe VRB, maybe even Luca Dean, Tom. Can I interest you in some Luca Dean? You know, I've got him on drafts. <laughs> no, that's enough pain. <laughs> that, that, I won't have any more pain from Luca Dean. Um, but yeah, Aston Villa, interesting one. West Ham, you're probably a better opinion on this than me. Can we write off the Villa result just because every team seems to struggle there? I mean, the four of the next five fixtures are Everton, Forest, Burnley and Palace. That's an attractive run of fixtures for Jared Bowen. Yeah, I think there's. I wouldn't read too much into that game. I went into the game fully expecting a defeat. It was slightly disappointing the way it sort of crumbled at the end with the penalty and by the time the fourth goal went in, I think pretty much most people had switched off. So this run coming up, Bowen seems to be almost a little bit fixture proof at the moment. Um, if anything good is happening, it's probably going to come from him. It does feel like we're carrying Antonio a bit, which is disappointing. I would very much like to see Kudus come into the starting lineup because he is an exciting player and he needs to be given more time. Um, the odd sort of 20 or 30 minute cameo isn't enough for him to really shine. Uh, and if that does happen, you could see it Bowen even go through the middle with Kudus coming out wide, which would be even more of a reason to get Bowen in the team. But yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it. Yeah, I'm very heavily looking at Bowen for this week ahead. Um, the one thing I think we have learned though, is that you can't cover Bowen with a James Ward-Prowse or a Thomas Suchek. Like a lot of people have tried to be cute by doing it and they've been found out. Like James Ward-Prowse had a great start, but that was never sustainable. Thomas Suchek is getting forward a bit more and at 4.9, he's a decent enabler. Um, not as much as Cole Palmer, um, who's on penalties, even though they have a shit fixture on. But I think if you're looking at West Ham, Jared Bowen, is the only option you can go for as an outfield player. Obviously, we've all got Ariola. Um, but I also think the next five game weeks is going to be a case of welcome Ariola to my starting 11 because I've not started him for any games yet. And the last two have been starting Turner from Forest, who's done nothing. West Ham have Everton at home, whereas Forest have Liverpool away. <laughs> um, well, based on history, I should probably be playing Turner. Um, the yeah, game week 11, West Ham have Brentford away, tough game, but Forest have Villa at home, Ollie Watkins, no thank you. Um, then West Ham have Forest, Burnley, Crystal Palace, and Forest have West Ham, Brighton, Everton. I think that Ariola is going to be my starting keeper from this point on. Yeah, the only one you might sort of have a bit of a, a conflict internally with is that um the fifth week there where West Ham play Palace and Forest play Everton. That yeah, Everton Everton are so bad. Shall we briefly chat about Liverpool and the game uh that we yeah. kept because it, it's we Salah had a terrible game like by his standards. Still popped up with two goals and three bonus points though. Yeah it feels like it was a real kick in the teeth that late Salah goal for anyone that doesn't have Salah. Because if he walks away with that one goal, and was he on for two or one bonus points at that, at that point? Uh, it was on for one. So at that point, you're like, I'll take that. But then the counter happens. You're like, oh, Darwin, just shoot, just shoot. Uh, but of course, he lays it off um, for an easy finish, which that means he gets the goal. He gets the three bonus points. And obviously, I, I know there were quite a lot of people that captained him. 
Uh, me and you bottled it because it was the early kickoff and yeah. we, uh, we we weren't going to get stung by it again. Uh, so, it yeah, and uh, look, it, the four of his last five games, he blanked in one in the middle, and the other was 10, 12, 15 and 16. In that one he blanked, he got a perfectly legitimate assist that was illegitimately ruled out. So I'm not counting that as a blank. Well, you can not count it as a blank all you like, but look at the record books, Tom. It's an illegitimate blank. He performed in that game. And actually, it looks like, that game aside, he's returned in every week so far this season. In that Tottenham game, he did get an assist. It was ruled out. So, yeah. yet again, Mo Salah's back is the model of consistency we need to have him. I think he is worth tearing your team up, taking a minus four or a minus eight before at this point. He is the player to own in FPL right now. And I know some people are even looking to drop Haaland to get him in. Yeah, I don't know if I would be... I think there's an argument for it if it's, you're not... It's really hard, isn't it? If you're not going to captain Haaland for most of the next lot of games and you want Ollie Watkins and you want Mo Salah, then dropping Haaland to Watkins and using that money to upgrade a midfielder to Salah is the easiest and best way to go about it. Yeah, I don't hate it at all. I don't hate it. It's just, it can easily sting you. I think there's ways of getting them both in. And I think you have to prioritise that rather than dropping Haaland. Yeah. And look, Haaland, we know what he's like. He's got a 13 point this season. He's got a 20 point this season. He's got uh, two sixes. He's got an eight. So he is still performing, just not to the same kind of level. Um we're going to talk about both a lot in the captaincy. But before we do, let's jump into the other teams with good fixtures. And the other one to really shout about is Arsenal. So they are top of my transfer list for this week. Um, the next game is Sheffield United at home. Then it's Newcastle away. But after that, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton away. So between 10 and 15, only Newcastle away is looking tough. Yeah, and I know it's harder because it is away. And... Newcastle do seem to be better at home than away, but you could like there's easily a world where they get returns in that game, so they do look the side to. I mean, Sheffield United at home this week has to be one to target. Then Burnley at home, and Burnley look abject at the moment. And then a few weeks later, they've got Luton as well coming up. So it just seems like you have to be targeting them at the moment. Yeah, it's a real nail biter for me because. You've got to think Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton and Bournemouth. Three of those four are going to go down. You've got to think at this point. I would like to think so. Just, I mean... I mean, we'd all written off Bournemouth and Forest at this point last season as well, to be fair. So there is a very good chance at least one of them turned it around. But TBC. Yeah, I mean, it looks as though we could see Iriola getting the sack soon at Bournemouth. Um, which how silly do they must feel now having got in the summer and and leaving it like quite late on in the summer as well because there's these investors coming in and they wanted to put their own stamp on things and then obviously O'Neill could be the one that came and put the final nail in the coffin uh, this weekend just gone yeah, um, I think they deserve to go down after that terrible, terrible decision. I think Gary O'Neill is a really good manager. So, yeah, I'm not surprised to see Wolves doing well. I am and I am not. 
because it seemed as though at the start of the season, Wolves were in turmoil. Like, yeah. it was like three or four days before the season started that O'Neill was appointed. It was a really late decision. But and, he's uh, really... And there was obviously the, the transfer market. They had no money. But he's come in and he's done wonders with what he's got, um, which obviously he did similarly at Bournemouth last season. So um, he will probably be one of the next ones that gets looked at for that next level up in the mm. league. So... Maybe like when Roy goes at Palace, he like that's his next step on. Yeah, I hope so because I, I think he's done really, really well. Um, shall we look at game week ten? And in particular, I want to talk about the captaincy option because for the first time in a long time, it's a really open debate. Now, I want you to rank these four captains because these are the four standout options. I think you can tell me if you think there's others. Um, Salah, Watkins. Harland and Saka. So Mo Salah versus Forrest at home, Watkins versus Luton at home, Bakayo Saka versus Sheffield United at home, or Man City versus Manchester United with no defenders away. This is so hard, and I genuinely have no idea what I'm going to do. Because, like, probably on paper and given recent form, Harland's the fourth best pick. But he's Erling Harland, and he scored a hat trick at Old Trafford last season. And with their defensive woes in terms of availability at the moment, you can easily see him repeating that feat. But I just think on paper and recent form, he's the fourth best. The other three, I haven't got a clue and it's impossible to rank them. Um, I think I would probably say Saka third choice. Salah second and Watkins first. I think I might end up captaining Watkins this week. I'm like, I'm sorely tempted, but I will say with a caveat that if he plays a lot of minutes on Thursday, he's a less attractive choice and Salah's my number one choice. Yeah, so worth noting that Arsenal play tonight, I think, away. Um, City play tomorrow away in Switzerland, I believe, versus Young Boys. Um, and then... Young Boys, aren't you? yeah. Liverpool play on Thursday, but they're at home and Klopp doesn't take the Europa League seriously, so it would be the B team. Um, so Salah's not going to play. Um, so it depends what Watkins does, because I think Villa are away, right? They are away. I will just double-check who they're playing. If Watkins gets 90... So my bus team captain at the moment is on Mo Salah. Um, but it is really close. Salah's on 75 points of the season, Watkins on 70 They've both been performing exceptionally. Villa play Aved Alkmaar on, so it's not a long trip, only over to the Netherlands, and they are the 545 kickoff, which does make a little bit of difference. It does mean you are straight back and in your own bed on Thursday night and not travelling through the night, which is a yeah. little bit of extra respite. But still, um, yeah, I think if he plays sort of 75 minutes on Thursday, then he's definitely probably drop down that pecking order and Salah is the more sensible option, especially if he doesn't play on Thursday. Yeah, I think we're going to go into the game week with Salah as the most captain player. Then I think we're going to go in with Haaland, then Watkins, then Saka in that order. I don't think that's a correct order. Part of me wants to just remember last season and captain Haaland, be a bit different. But also, why would I, why would I go against Mo Salah? His form, his fixtures... Like I'm a Liverpool fan. I love Mo Salah. He's the best wing of the Premier League's ever seen. Like I, yeah. There's no way I'm possibly going against Mo Salah for this week, isn't in my mind. 
And like I said, he had a poor game against Everton and he still walked away with 16 points. So mm. imagine what he could do if he turned up. <laughs> well, you can see all of the the conflict over in the Middle East and Gaza seriously affecting him. He came up with that video and stuff, so he's obviously very upset, and it's clearly affecting him emotionally. But that could mean that he really, really shows up to batter those racists in Nottingham. <laughs> wow! Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that one really took me by surprise. Um, <laughs> I'm going to change the subject there, so. Having said all that, what are your transfer fans doing? Because I know you've got two, I've got two, three transfers. What are you thinking of doing? It's really tough. I don't want to lose the Spurs guys after they really performed. However, Palace are going to have a point to prove on Friday, having just been spanked 4-0 by Newcastle. Spurs, and then have had six, six days to prepare. Spurs played on Monday and they play again on Friday. They'll have had four days. That's really weird. I swear that's never happened. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, it's at Palace as well, so Spurs are playing away. Palace will still sit deep like they did. I can see that being a low-scoring game. Son and Madison will probably both return, but I think I'm going to be aggressive. So I'm likely going to drop them both. I'm likely going to go Son to Saka and Madison to either a Bowen or a Martinelli or Luis Diaz perhaps double up on the Liverpool attack could be quite fun, but I don't I don't want to go Luis Diaz because in a few weeks after the international break he goes away to uh, play in South America. Klopp doesn't like starting South American players after the international break, so that's kind of souring the possibility for me on Luis Diaz. So I my plan at the moment is to move the Spurs guys on. I was toying around with the idea of just moving Madison to Saka and Taylor to Samikas, which I've got, I can do at the moment, um, or moving Dallow, sorry, to Samikas. Um, but I don't want to have like five playing defenders in my squad. That doesn't, that doesn't feel very fun. If anything, I want to drop it down to three. What I also could do is move Son to Saka, keep Madison and move Chukamenka to Cole Palmer, who is on penalties for Chelsea. So it could be a really interesting venture option, um, but I don't believe he'll stay on penalties when Nkuku comes back. So that's a long way of saying, I'm not sure. I'm going to wait to see if there's any injuries in the midweek games and then make the decision on Friday morning. What about you? Yeah, these midweek games and price changes and everything, it just gets a bit annoying, doesn't it? Uh, but yeah, you, it, you've got to wait and see after Thursday and do it on Friday morning and hope that everyone comes through fresh and you can still not have been bitten too much by the price changes. So I've been tinkering while we've been doing this and I quite like this idea that I've got here at the moment, um, but I have got to wait. So similarly to you, it's, it's dropping the Spurs boys, which feels painful, but also feels like a sort of an evil necessity when there are other players with better fixtures out there. I think it's a thank you very much for the points. Now, we hate you. Get out of our team. Yeah, thanks for the memories. Um, but please now, don't come back anytime soon with any yeah. points. Maybe just get a little injury that you're out for a few weeks. It's like when you're splitting up with your girlfriend to go off to university. It's like, we've had a great time, and I'm being selfish, but like, this ain't going to work long term. So... Let's just call it quits now and I'll go off to university and have fun. 
Yeah, that's what I'm doing with my Spurs assets here. So yeah, Son and Madison going. And I'm also looking at taking a minus four and going Son, Madison and Jensen out for Saka, Bowen and Matoma. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, then, and that's I still have point four in the bank, which should cover me for any price rises between now and Friday morning. I wonder. I'm just going to do a bit of a play here. I wonder if I can get to Matoma. Not masturbate on the podcast. Uh, I'm, believe me, I masturbate <laughs> a lot of Matoma. I wonder if I can get to. Hmm, I probably can't get to Matoma uh, from Chinkaminka by just removing the Spurs guys. That's a shame. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like it. I could go minus four and get to Samika still, but again, I'm not I'm not super keen on it. Yeah. Like Liverpool have had one clean sheet. They're probably not going to keep two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think so, would you? And Everton are so bad. Like everyone's talking about that supposed second yellow. I think you pointed out in our group chat that it actually wasn't a second yellow letter of the law, right? Yeah, I think it's 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 like a real grey area. The offence that you get the yellow card for is preventing a counter-attack. Um, the pass that was played through was so overhit that it basically went straight to Van Dijk. Um, so he was sweeping up. I think if there was if there was a slightly better placed pass or if Van Dijk wasn't there, then 100% it's a second yellow. No questions asked whatsoever. I think that's what the referee's done, and that's why he's given it. But again, it always comes back to this. Get referees out and let them talk after a game, and let, us let them tell us what they thought. And then people will, like, you won't have people debating it back and forth. And then you can argue, okay, does that match the letter of the law, or was it a mistake? And if so, okay, hands up, we've made a mistake. But we're here with no idea. It's just guesswork. So that's the most frustrating thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. And also, let's say he had got a second yellow for argument's sake. Liverpool are one up. There's no way Everton are coming back. Come on. They are so abjectly bad going forwards. There's no way they were going to get back into that game. So it really wasn't that impactful on the I game. Mean, if, if you can't score against Liverpool, you're just not going to score, are you? So. Precisely. I mean, you could score against Brighton, maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's the bar. I mean, Liverpool are low-key having a great season, so maybe maybe we'll, we'll see how that moves forward. Um, but awesome. In terms of next week, then, my captaincy is at the moment on Salah, but we'll have to wait and see. It will probably stay there. I'd like you all to be on Watkins, just so we can have a bit of a different setup. but TBC. Uh, Salah would probably be the safer option if you're going for a minus four. Yeah, that is the, the other thing to consider as well. And like I say, if Watkins plays a lot of minutes on Thursday, which I'm kind of expecting him to because uh, they need those points because from mem if memory serves me rightly, they haven't had the greatest start in the Europa League. So if they want to uh, progress, they will need to go for it. Uh, they are in the Conference League, not the Europa League, so that's why I can't see them there. <laughs> um, but I think they either drew or lost their first one and then yeah, they're bottom of their group um, so actually they've won one, lost one but they are bottom, but every team's on three points so um, <laughs> they do <laughs> yeah, so, well that is mental the top two teams are um, some team that I'm not going to try to pronounce and all, all, they've all got zero goal difference as well 
So how are us? Oh, right, that's not. I'm guessing it's disciplinary uh, record. Uh, it might go to a uh, year. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> so yeah, the top two have played, uh, scored four and conceded four, and then the bottom two have scored three and conceded three. So yeah. That's fine. Excellent. Well, Watkins made, so keep an eye on that. Um, guys, we'll wrap up here. Any questions you have for Matt or myself, you can find us both active and stupid on Twitter at big at the back. Yeah, I'm at Higgins92 and Tom is at TomMadam92. As always, if you would uh, like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or if you can make sure you follow us on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Let's go win FPL. Bye, guys.